Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The flowers are blooming. The grass is growing. And it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsors at Manscaped, you can trim those holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers, y'all. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for the Thomas Island audience. If you use our code... And you'll get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They're here to make sure your balls are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. Manscaped has all the tools to get you spring ready. Have you heard about the Weed Whacker? It's a nose and ear hair trimmer that provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. There's no more gross nose hairs flying off into the wind. Plus, the premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor and a 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Manscaped is making it easier than ever to whack your weeds and also to make sure that you have the most confidence while also providing hygiene. Speaking of incredible hygiene, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way all day. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside and this is crucial for your balls to stop sticking to your leg. I use it. It's great especially as the summertime gets swampier if you go to manscaped.com right now and use the code tama you'll get 20 percent off and free shipping that's right use the code t-a-m-a for free shipping and 20 percent off at manscaped.com manscaped shave your balls A gorilla of destiny, a bullet club OG, continuing on the legacy of the most feared name in all of wrestling. From Tonga to Japan to America, you are now entering Tama's Island with your host, the babyface heel, Tama Tonga. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to Thomas Island Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Tonga, with my man, Ross Berman. We got something special for you today. We haven't had a guest in so damn long from the outside besides our uh, Thomas Island Patreon members. My man, this guy has been great with us. He's been, been a great friend here. He helped us create a very successful Bullet Club uh, block party. Even, you know, I have my people from Japan raving about the crab cakes. They take care of us every time we come through to Baltimore. Uh, the Twitter finger, man, is freaking fire. They they know the game. They understand how to run this. That's why I love him so much. Uh, he is the co-owner of Jimmy's Famous Seafood, John Minadakis. What's up, man? Welcome to Thomas Island Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. This is great. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. Look, I know... You know, I've been to your restaurant. I, I've seen the wall. 
I'm trying to get up in there. I know I'm in there somewhere, right? I'm, I'm You're hoping. there, bro. We got you right? and your brother thrown there. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's right. I knew that. I knew that. I, I mean, just wanted to have between, you say Between football and wrestling, I think Polynesians have half that wall right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, hey, man. <laughs> that's what's up, man. I, I, we appreciate the love always, man. You've always been a great supporter of our business, and uh, we're truly grateful for that, man. You always take care of whatever um, – promotion that rolls through i we see it here on social media i've seen it myself um you guys take care of them and you got you do so much not only for the wrestling community but like you said the football community the community all the wrestling community the city of baltimore you guys are awesome i'm so grateful and and honored to have you here as a guest here on our podcast man i mean we're all the human community man it doesn't matter what you do for a living that's what you do it's not who you are so you know, you might be a wrestler for 5, 10, 15 years, but you're, you know, you're going to be yourself your whole life. Damn. I like Damn that. straight. I mm-hmm. like that, man. You be, you, man, you be saying some shit that, that get my, my goosebumps up, man. I, <laughs> we, talk, we, text, we text not too long ago, and uh, I remember that text. You sent me a message, and you said, man, you always got to keep your finger on the pulse, man. And I was like, hell yeah, dog. I, that, you right. You damn right. You know, you gotta keep, you know, keep what's going, keep your ear to the ground, see what's going on with the community and, and be in touch, man. And I like that, dude. I like that very much. Oh, so before, you know, I know you're big on the in the wrestling community. I know your man is your man, your right hand man. I've had a little, I've had a little beef, a little squabble on, on Twitter. You know, we do the little, the little bit, you know, the 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 Twitter fire on it, you know. Mm-hmm. I know your man is Roman Reigns, and hey. I gotta admit, hey, that's that's a uso, that's a toco, that's that's a poly, and it's all love, man. So for everybody out there, chill the hell out, man. Chill the hell out. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I know you're big on the wrestling community, man. Tell tell us your experience, man. You know what 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 got you into to uh, watching wrestling? How did you get into wrestling, and 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 that that path? Man, you know, I'll be honest. I think like. The Greek culture, you know, obviously the Greeks created wrestling, you know, back in the Olympic days. And uh, it's it's a huge part of our culture, uh, very similar to how it is over in Japan. Uh, you know, when I visit back home all the time, um, you walk the streets and you see wrestling, you know, probably a week or two old on the TVs and the cafes. And I think a lot of that just goes to good versus evil, you know, bad versus good. Um and just having a hero and a villain and um, just having you know, very masculine uh, role models to look up to. And I think a lot of Greek parents, and I know this was the case of my dad, uh, feel comfortable letting their, their kids watch the product. Um, and they see, you know, these, these, big, these big dudes and they're fighting for what they believe in, you know, going back to, you know, when I grew up, uh, Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. And, uh, you know, even now with you know, WWE, you know, it is PG, but people got to understand that they're marketing towards the children. So, you know, when they have their John Cena in the ring, you know, that the kids love that. And I think that you, know, you can leave the room for 30, 40 minutes and let your kids watch that and feel safe and feel confident that, you know, they're getting some kind of lesson. So I think it just really, you know, I'll be honest, I think it's part of, you know, the Greek, the Greek American culture for sure. But I think the Greek culture overall mm-hmm. and, um, you know, as you grow up, you know, we've all been through it. You know, you, you, you leave and come back to wrestling. Uh, I think a lot of people come back to it, you know, when they have kids, uh, you know, in my case, my nephews and, you know, the industry changes where I think the storylines at the end of the day don't. Okay. Yeah. You need, 
you said your you said your nephews are who are who are like the guys they're really following right now. Who's kind of hooking who's hooking the your your younger viewers in your household? You know they're spoiled, obviously. So they've gotten to meet a lot of the guys. Uh, so they're you know whether they're good guys or bad guys on the screen, mm-hmm. you know they have their favorites. You know they're obviously you know huge, huge Roman Reigns fans. Even though he's a bad guy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Drew McIntyre, guys like that they've met in person. Braun Strowman. You know, that's their guys because you know, they, they know the real person, even though they're nine, six years old. Um, you know, they don't dislike anybody, I think, because they see what, you, you know, kind of work goes into it. And, you know, they, they've gotten to look behind the curtain a little bit, which is you know, a testament to how smart they are and the respect that they have for the profession. Yeah, that's pretty badass. Yeah, it is. I'm glad, <laughs> they, I'm glad they're able to see that at a, such a young age, man, and, and kind of know the – I mean, because when I was a kid, I'm with, I'm with you. We we go in, we fall out. But as a kid, man, you, all you see, you have your favorites, you know. But you, for your kids to, to understand, especially now, day and age with social media, you know, that day, you can know who's a bad guy. But but when you meet him at the restaurant, it's a whole different game, you know. It's yeah, I think they're too busy hating certain basketball players right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, you know, the Greeks they love Yanni. So anybody that's oh. against Yanni, that, that's the villain. That's the heel in their book. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense. That makes total sense. <laughs> oh man, that's dope, man. Yeah. That, how about how about you, man? Who's a uh, you know besides? Roman, who who who's some of the wrestlers that you've been keeping your eye on that you uh that you like in the industry? It doesn't Man, have to be WWE. Um, it can be anywhere. Yeah, you know, I'll say this, and I believe this. I think there's never been a better talent pool overall um, in professional wrestling, mm-hmm. but there's never been a worse product. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, you guys know I'm a big UNC fan, mm-hmm. and right now, you know, I look at like especially like the WWE. I feel like they're the Duke Blue Devils. You know, they got all this talent, but they can't put it together. And I don't think it's the player's fault. I mm-hmm. think it's somebody else's fault. And, you know, for people our age that have seen the glory days and, uh, you know, have seen the potential of professional wrestling, um, you're going to still watch, obviously. But it disappoints you more than it upsets you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, you yep. know the potential that these guys have. I think – Athletes overall across the board in every sport, the NBA and the NFL, when you compare them to guys from 20, 30 years ago, if you look at a left tackle in the NFL compared to 30 years ago, uh, you know, when you look at the body types of the NBA guys compared to 20, 30 years ago, athletes in general have become just, you know, more advanced. And, it, you know, our, our the, you know, the sport that we love, professional wrestling, is no different than that. And, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot of these guys are being held back uh, right now. Um, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, you know, my personal theory and is, you know, I think as long as everybody's doing great, competition always, you know, breeds success. Um, if I was the only restaurant in town, I would take three or four nights off, you know, it's human nature. So when WWE was the only game in town, it was only human nature for them to, to wrestle on their laurels a little bit. But, you know, with AEW uh, becoming prevalent, whether they want to admit it or not. Uh, you know, New Japan entering uh, the American marketplace uh, with Ring of Honor still putting, you know, forth a great product with impact, you know, hopefully when the crowds return, putting forth a great product and their willingness to work together uh, against them. I think that the next three to five years are going to really define the next uh, generation of pro wrestling. 
I, I really like that you kind of brought up the, the, the idea that they need that competition to kind of fuel them. Cause like you, you brought up a good point. If you, you guys over there at Jimmy's, you're not the only seafood restaurant in Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore is a, it's a seafood town, but you've been able to figure out that, that hook. You've been able to figure out that thing that makes you different from all of the seafood restaurants because competition has made you, you know, competition is the, the, the mother of invention in this, in this case. Um, and so what, do you, what, what would you do? Cause like we're, we're at a point now where monthly WWE releases enough people to start a promotion with like last month, they released Braun and a, a whole lot of people this month, they released Tyler Breeze, they released Tony Nese. And so there's there, it's like you said, they've never had more talent. They've never had better talent. And the athletes have never been more, uh, more, it's like you said, advanced, but what, what do you think that thing is going to be, especially for like a WWE to, to to kind of make it to kind of make it back cuz AEW I think they they've been on a good run New Japan is is picking up some steam but WWE is in this they're kind of in this not a holding pattern they're just stuck they're just kind of you know it doesn't feel like they know where they're they're going right now you know I don't know what's important to them yeah. I don't know what they're measuring success on it's definitely not ratings because they would have panicked a long time ago mm-hmm. um, there's no reason for anybody that has a smartphone to watch Raw, they can watch what happened literally 15 seconds later on Twitter, thanks to the WWE. I don't know if clicks are more important for them, if, if views on Twitter are more important to them. You know, they've tried to tout thing and gosh, so many other things along the years. Um, I, I just don't know what, what, what their end game is here. It's not the traditional, you know, ratings that we probably grew up on. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, we try to stick out from other places locally by getting people to be loyal to us and mm. going the extra step for them. And I think right now it's hard for anybody to be loyal to that brand because if your favorite wrestler is Braun Strowman and he gets released, you know, why are you a WWE fan anymore? And mm. that's just the kids, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was a big WWE mark during the Monday Night Wars and I would have, you know, gosh, you know, went through a brick wall for Vince. But when I'm keeping all my employees on during the pandemic and, and Vince is firing, you know, Chad and Luke, it just makes me question, do I really want to be loyal to that brand or am I going to go peek out this new guy on Wednesday night? So mm-hmm. I just, I don't know what it's going to take because I don't know what's important to them. Are they selling? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's tough and it's just frustrating. Uh, I think that we're all holding out hope as an overall fan base of the product, as of a wrestling product that, you know, once the fans come back, they'll suddenly turn a switch on. But, you know, I think right now with all the releases, they don't have enough bodies to fill a three-hour show. Um, it's weird. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to excuse as a fan. Um, you know, like I said, man, during the 90s, I defended WWE to the death. But right now, it's I kind of want you know, the ratings to get pulled even a little bit so that we can see a, a real competition and, and really let Roman be himself and re- let you know Seth Rollins be himself and let Cesaro be himself. I and mean, that's what these guys really have and not what you want them to have. Mm-hmm. And you you do bring up a good point because like, they're going to be going back to touring, but they've let go of so many of the people that I feel like really brought people into the building. Because yes, WWE always has like big stars like Roman Reigns, like Seth Rollins, but the people that, that like people really seem to hook into are your, like your Tyler Breezes, your Arya Davaris, the guys who can like know how to make buzz for themselves and know how to even if even if WWE doesn't really have anything more for them than a house show match, still know how to keep social media buzzing, still know how to keep their fans kind of talking about them. And once you kind of 
start touring without those guys, I, I feel like it's going to be, I feel like a lot of these releases are going to bite them in like six to seven months when, when AEW is, is still the same roster they were before the pandemic, but now on the road, WWE is going to be this big, uh, it's a big question mark. Cause it's like, no one's allowed to be bigger than the brand. It's I, yeah, it's, it's very, uh, it, I, and, and I've heard whispers that it's due to Vince's mm-hmm. uh, unwillingness to let anybody become a stone cold or a rock because he felt jilted to an extent when they left for Hollywood and greener pastures. Uh, but no different than a TV show or a movie like The Avengers or The Sopranos. You know, you might watch at first for Tony Stark and Tony Soprano, but it's the smaller characters that you relate with the most and that you have a connection with. And that's who you're spending money on their T-shirt and, mm-hmm. you know, you're watching every week for. So it'll be interesting. But at the end of the day, man, um, they've been doing this a lot longer than us. They probably know the formula better than us. Me as you know, a 38 year old guy, I've never been this disinterested mm-hmm. in a product. You know, my fiance is very happy about that. She, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it's just you know, I just I, I really have no desire to watch right now when I can literally see it on my phone 20 yeah. seconds later because they're putting it out there and they have it ready to fire. And me as a wrestler, right? You you see, as a fan, you're starting to lose um, interest and and loyalty to them. But me as a as as, as a wrestler. And I see guys getting let go during a period that that everybody's very vulnerable, right? It, it makes me question, like, is that a place that I would want to go work where my job security is just there's none? There's, you know, I, and I, I'm very uh, I put New Japan on, high, on, on the high pedestal here because of the how they handled the situation in the past year and a half. And, and the fact that them as a company, um, knowing that they based their 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 income on live events we didn't they failed um pretty bad at at investing in like a network or uh you know things that could hold them during the pandemic like wwe or mm-hmm. you know so so to see them still keep a lot of wrestlers they've made some some um you know some income measures to to help the everybody on board but everybody came together um to pull through and the fact mm-hmm. that nobody was let go i i'm you know i've shit you know i a lot of people ask me would you go to wwe my first answer right now is mm, I, don't, I don't know leaning towards mm-hmm. i don't think so because <laughs> i got a family and if i got a, that's a big ass risk man mm-hmm. yeah, that's a big ass and, risk, and we're sitting man. here second guessing what they did but if you're gonna look at it strictly as a business and you know, I hope I never look at this place as just a business. They're killing it. You know, they made a billion dollar deal with Fox. They made a billion dollar deal with Peacock Network. So if you're looking at it strictly as, you know, Red Ink, you know, they're winning. Um, I personally don't run my business that way. And I hope I never do. And I, and I, I know myself. I know I never will. So, yeah. you know, as well, you know, we keep using the word loyalty. And I, I will say this, though, just as a, as a business owner and watching, you know, all the wrestling fans come in here. I do think that the AEW fan loyalty is almost a deterrent right now because they're preventing people from crossing over. Um, If you don't know every uh, reference to being the elite, for example, you're kind of laughed at and it's, it's, they have to start letting people in or else it's going to hinder that company from growing. I feel like that I was actually about to bring up AEW because like, 
WWE, we talk about who are they responsible to, who are they trying to serve. The answer is always going to be the shareholders. They're a publicly traded company. If they don't serve the shareholders, the shareholders can like remove a lot of people in the, the power structure. But with AEW, it's still a still a private company, and they still they, – they're – Yes, I think they're they're insular to almost a, a, a self-harming point, but you can't deny the fact that they have figured out how to get that loyalty out of the out of the fan bases. I mean, hell, they they ran how many shows in Jacksonville over the past like year and that crowd was always ready, that crowd was always showing up and so there there is something there, but I'm with you. There it it they need to be a little more accessible. They need to be to that point where cuz I don't I don't watch BTE. I will catch highlights on Twitter. I, I'm the same way with BTE that you are with, with WWE Raw. I know that everything they talk about is going to be on someone's Twitter at some point. Same with Sammy's vlog. Same with AEW Dark. Same with Dark Elevation, which those shows are like 15 matches now, so I don't I don't even know where to start with them. They need to, they need to maybe pull it back, and maybe touring will help them with that because you can't tape 15 matches in front of a, a – you, know, you can only do a few at a taping, whereas like in Jacksonville, they've – it's their own fiefdom. Like the cons run that part of Jacksonville. And so they're able to just, you know, run 15 matches, then a taping of dynamite. And then maybe they'll, they'll tape a few more matches and the crowd will keep eating it up. We'll see if that's the same on the road. But I think it goes back to your point about WWE touring is going to be the thing that decides what makes or breaks AEW right now. They're not in the black yet. They invested in a video game. So they're still technically losing money, but they, it, from what it sounds like in Tony Khan's Forbes article, they're going to be on track to be profitable within the next couple of years. But uh, what do you, how have you kind of experienced, because like you said, Jimmy Seafood is a big, big wrestling stronghold. How do you, how do you kind of feel the, the split between the WWE and the AEW audiences right now? Like what is, is there any like discernible split or is it just sort of a, if you were an AEW guy, you're an AEW guy. If you're a WWE guy, you might not, might not be crossing over. Right now, I'll say this, it's not even close. I yep. think AEW, I know AEW is crushing, crushing mm-hmm. uh, WWE. We, we show the pay-per-views here. Um, AEW, we're getting between 60 to 100 people on what has lately been Sunday nights during holiday weekends, which anybody in my industry will tell you, it's the worst. Uh, yeah. That's your, your slowest time of the year. Was it the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend or a Sunday of Labor Day weekend? And they're getting sixty oh. to hundred people to come in here. Uh, WWE, we're getting you know ten to twenty. I'll okay. say this: uh, you know we show uh, old wrestling here all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, we always show live action, right? So I forbid any talking heads on being like no skip bail. It's got to be live, even if gotcha. it's a fourteen-year-old football game or a twenty-year-old WrestleMania. Put it on. We get more people watching the old stuff and staying past our lunch break in the happy hour than we get coming in here for a money in the bank. You know, just recently uh, wow. for in your house NXT, uh-huh. uh, there's just a, there's a very 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 strong disconnect between the WWE right now and, and the paying customer. I feel like, and um, the ultimate sign of that, and we'll all see this in the next six weeks, is are they going to come back for a live event or not? Okay. Yeah, that, that is a it is a glaring kind of statistic if if AEW is doing that much more for the uh for bringing people in into Jimmy's and it also Now to be fair, Jimmy's you guys have enough live events that like you have kind of cultivated your own world out, you know, outside of WWE's fan base cuz you got you talking shop 
will come through there. Something to wrestle with will come through there. Uh, you guys have kind of become a, a you know, a live, a, a staple of a place for people to bring their, their live shows, especially if they're in the wrestling world. And how, how has that kind of uh, been, been going, especially post pandemic now that you're, you're dealing with all of the, the new situations that are going on? How's that been kind of handled? It's great. Um, there's nothing like it. And mm-hmm. 98%, I would say, of our staff don't watch wrestling. Okay. Um, so they don't know what to expect. And then when the wrestling fans come in here and take over, and then there are different wrestling fans. For example, we did an entire weekend of podcasts, and it was Friday night, Major mm-hmm. Bros, Saturday night, uh, Conrad and Jeff Jarrett. Sunday was the Good Brothers. And you guys, you're educated enough to know that there's three distinctly different crowds there, right? Yep. And this, they are all so happy whenever the wrestling fans come in here, but they notice the difference in fan. And um, okay. I'll tell you what? one thing, man, wrestling fans tip great. Uh, we get a bad <laughs> rap, you know, oh. with a black shirt mafia. Yeah. They'll take wrestling fans seven days a week if they could, because they're so respectful. You know, if, if, if something takes five minutes longer to come out, they're not screaming their heads off. They're just <laughs> so happy to be around each other again because they were oh. locked up, you know, for a year to 16 months that uh, it's such a great, great, great atmosphere. And people are ready to be back and be back in a big way. And we're going to see that, you know, hopefully, I don't Mm -hmm. know how the sales are going, you know, for money in the bank. We're seeing it Wednesday nights with Dynamite. And we're going to see if WWE is able to sell out 70,000, 80,000 people uh, Mm -hmm. at SummerSlam. But Monday night's going to be the telltale. Are they going to be able to go to New York and Florida and Wisconsin and get – seven eight thousand people in there for raw you know mm-hmm. based on how it's currently going you know me i don't see it i i'm i'm with you it's gonna get it's gonna be a little little rough but i i i, I kind of i want to keep going on to this because i find it fascinating a the fact that most of your staff doesn't watch wrestling because jimmy seafood is thought of as like a wrestling place and so i'm real glad that like the staff still has fun with all of the wrestling fans but you said that there's a there's distinct difference between each of the the major bros the the Conrad fans and then the the talk and shop fans. I gotta know what is what are some of like the big kind of differences between those three audiences that you had coming through that weekend. The major bros, it's it's I, and I, we talked about this with Chad and, and Gallows. It's really the most impressive thing that I've ever seen in my life uh, in terms of wrestling. They created a market and they're the kings of that market now because you know the three of us, well, with the exception of Tom, the two of us came along. We had all the best equipment. We had all the best resources. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to create a podcast about figures. We don't have the credibility they have. And okay. nobody else is going to be able to take that from them. And, you know, people probably laughed at them when they first started that. But there's never been, and I'm talking about any sport, any team, any fan base as loyal to them like I've seen anywhere else, ever, ever, ever. They wait, They came from Michigan, uh, you know, from Ohio, from Florida, just for the live show. From what I understand, they go to all the live shows. And – the proof is in the pudding. They sell everything out within an hour. Mm. Um, it's phenomenal, man. They they um, they get a kick out of like re- literally random people, not the mm-hmm. big names. They are you know a, a Tugbo Thomas, a D'Lo yep. Brown, uh, guys like that. You know Saturday uh, with Conrad. If, if you guys have ever listened to Conrad stuff, you know, the guy does his homework big time. Uh, he's mm-hmm. very very informative, very conversational, and he really peels that onion back more than anybody ever has i think in the history of you know the, the short history of the podcast game in the western world right mm-hmm. and jeff jared's a really interesting guy i think all all of us and probably 98 percent of wrestling fans hated the guy growing up and 
within an hour listening to the guy's podcast, he's mm-hmm. an extremely likable person. And he does that with all his guests, whether it's Tony Schiavone, you know, Bruce Pritchard. He just really gets the best out of that person. And it's a much more intimate. And these guys are here to have a nice, intimate dinner, a glass mm-hmm. of wine, and really enjoy a show. Very similar to like a, a theater. And then Sunday, guys, I mean, you know, the Good Brothers, it's a smart thing. Yeah. And it's uh, it's it's a it's aggressive, and it's definitely the heaviest drinking crowd of the three. <laughs> but no, you don't say. Very little crossover between the three shows. Um, wow. It was it was a new crowd coming in every day, and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it just it just shows you that you can't just taking it to a broader perspective. You can't be fiercely, deathly loyal to one brand if you're mm-hmm. going to be a wrestling fan because there's something for everybody, man. Like. I personally like the body guys. You know, I don't like the small guys. It doesn't mean that they're not great wrestlers. It's just that I choose not not to show favoritism towards them. But somebody else that's, you know, growing up and he's short and he's always been picked on is going to gravitate towards a Rey Mysterio, towards a Darby Allen, guys of that. So mm-hmm. it just really all depends on, on, you know, what you're into. It's no different than the Avengers. Who's your favorite Avenger and why? You know, if you're into going to the gym, you're probably going to like the Hulk. If you're a smart guy, you're probably going to like, you know, I don't know, Tony Stark. It's... You can't. You, the one thing about where I'm going with this is we all like something. We can't put each other down for not liking something, which we're seeing a lot of these days. Because at the end of the day, and we've seen this a million times, when we come under attack from the outside world, you know, from Colin Cowherd when he was making fun of Eddie Guerrero's death, yep. we fight back with nobody else, yeah. man. And that's the yeah. beauty of it. And we have to keep that in mind uh, when we're in-house bickering. Yeah, no, and that's I, that's why I'm so glad you kind of brought up the fact that rest, the wrestling fans a they're tipping real well, they're t- treating the staff well because mm-hmm. I feel like you know we're all on Twitter a lot, and even even among wrestling fans on Twitter, sometimes we don't talk the best about wrestling fans because it's mm-hmm. you know just it's just human nature in that way. But it is it is I feel like there is a movement to kind of change that you know the the putting on the you know kind of being more well, you about, know, in, just, being more a part of society. I wrote a stat the other day that only 6% of the world is on Twitter. So I think that yep. we're all very active on Twitter. We often get uh, trapped into thinking that it's a representative representation of the world when it's really not. And I also feel like the reason why wrestling fans take care of our staff so well here is because we, we go out of our way to make them feel like Kings here, man. Uh, you know, if you come in here <laughs> on a Sunday night and WrestleMania is on, and you want to watch the baseball game? Guess what, man? You watch WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, if you come in here, you know, you won't, and we're watching Money in the Bank, and you want me to put on the NBA Finals, you better start cheering for whoever's climbing that ladder, man. So <laughs> I think, uh, you know, the wrestling fans definitely reciprocate that towards our staff. They, they feel at home here. You know, as you guys have seen, I mean, when I was a kid, every bar would show the Bull Rumble. Every bar would show, the, the um, you know, the WrestleMania. Now it's not the case anymore. And I think that's because they've oversaturated the pay-per-views. Uh, and I also think because they, they think that wrestling fans are just these dorky, like, you know, magic card playing kind of guys. And we're really not. Um, and when a wrestling fan can come in here and, and wear his replica belt and, you know, wear his Bullet Club shirt or his Austin 316 shirt and, you know, feel at home and be amongst his people, uh, it goes a long way. Uh, it's an experience to come here for an AEW review. You know, they're cheering together once when it's like being there live i think that uh they take that out in a positive fashion on, mm-hmm. on our staff with their you know, 20 30 percent tips that's great yeah that's great man. yeah that's cool. well i i feel like we kind of got to talk about because we, we we've kind of been talking around the pandemic but like you guys were a restaurant 
during the pandemic. I don't know what it was like in Maryland. Where I was at in Chicago, the rules on dining, whether indoor or not, they kept changing like every five minutes. It was very hard to keep up with in my state. What was it like uh, in Maryland kind of having to run a, a, a restaurant business during the past past year, 16 months, however long the, the lockdowns have been? Yeah, very similar to Chicago, actually. Uh, we have a, a very good friend who has a restaurant out there called Las Carola. Yep. Uh, we were on, on Triple D together and we become very good friends. And, you know, it's very, very, very similar because we are also dealing with similar climates, um, mm-hmm. with weather during uh, the so-called outdoor period, which was a joke. Uh, but to answer your question, man, um, it literally changed every day. You would wake up, look on your phone, figure out what the rules were that day mm-hmm. and see how you were going to adapt. And, you know, so many words became cliche, like pivot and, but you know, you really had to. Yep. I I always say, you know, Chris Jericho is the David Bowie of, of wrestling, um, and you had to put your yeah, you recreate yourself every day, man, um, mm-hmm. as an industry. And you know, you had to keep food on your employees' tables. Uh, you had to keep you know keep money coming in to pay the bills. And uh, you know, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but uh, we're glad that's behind us. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, and getting back to normal now, piece by piece. I think people are ready to get out, get out in a major way. Yeah, not knocking on wood, fingers crossed. Who was there any? Because um, there, there was a lot that like y'all were were kind of dealing with during during the pandemic. What were the kind of big things that really really helped you as a as a business during then? Who were whether it was people, whether it was you know funds yeah. or whatever. How how who who kind of helped you get through that? Ooh, uh, I mean that's a loaded question. Um, okay, we we I mean it all comes back, and I hate to keep using this word. Uh, to loyalty and you know we've been here for 47 years and just our family here is just very loyal to us and yeah not just here in baltimore but nationwide man so we did whatever we had to do to make sure the lights stayed on uh, we were selling yeah. t-shirts obviously that was like the wrestling fan of me yeah um you know we were fortunate very 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 fortunate um to have food trucks ready to go which were legal uh to have online shipping capabilities and you know that was not something that I, I did not see this coming. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, while I was very happy and we have a meal prep line as well, which, which mm-hmm. helped out and we had a carry out built in, but nobody else really had that. And that's when I decided to start the famous fund, which helped out pretty much, you know, all my competitors here in Baltimore city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we were able to, uh, help 31, 31 different restaurants and bars mm-hmm. locally, uh, stay open during the pandemic. We raised wow. uh, $500,000, and distributed amongst uh, each one. We did it, you know, in, in very uh, grandiose wrestling <laughs> fashion, of course, of course. with celebrities. And um, it's just uh, something that uh, I'm proud of, but I wish I never had to do, if that makes oh. sense. No, it, it very much is making making lemonade out of lemons. But man, what a it, it is a big success story that not only were you guys able to keep the lights on, but you were able to be in a position where you can help out which you said 31 different businesses within yeah. your area. I mean that's that is that's amazing. There were that there were a lot of business highly of you guys. Yeah. And it goes back to like again like wrestling. You know, you, if you're the face, if you're the baby face, you want to defeat your opponent in a one-on-one match. You don't want to beat him because he blew his knee out. You don't want to beat him because somebody threw salt in his eyes. Yep. So you know we can be competitors when things are back to normal. But right now it's because I got lucky and I saw, you know, I have the food truck capabilities and I have yeah. the one doesn't mean that I want you to go under man. Like, let's get through this together. And then, you know, you can make your beer 
five cents less than mine next week. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That's awesome, man. I, I, that's like I said earlier, that's speaks highly of you and, and, and what you represent to, uh, you know, when, the, when things are down. <laughs> You know, you're not just trying to look after yourself. You, you're trying to look after, you know, everybody around you, the community. And that speaks very highly of you and, and what you represent, man. And I think that's like dope. I saw that on the social media last year. And I was like, damn, everybody's trying to figure out how to survive. And here you are trying to figure out how to survive yourself, but then trying to help everybody else off their feet. And mm. I think that's great, man. That's really cool. I, I see you guys do a lot of foundations. Uh, I just saw that you guys just did uh, uh, was it last week last weekend uh, a golf classic the crab cake classic <laughs> nice the 14th annual um, and I and I see that all the time from you guys and and what you do for the for your community and uh, the loyalty there man it comes when you when you're you're there for your people man that's one yes yeah, who we are man um, you know this, my dad came over here from Greece with nothing and mm-hmm. he was broke yet nothing in his pocket uh you know he came over here and the community gave us you know everything we have you know i'm, I'm sitting right now in, in a bar that used to be our apartment i grew up on top of the restaurant um <laughs> this is all i this is all my family knows so my dad would always tell us you know baltimore gave us everything so you got to give everything to baltimore and a lot of that goes to my high school and my middle school that i went to and you know they told us to be men for others and Mm-hmm. it's it's part of our dna now you know it's like i think i think we have good food um i don't think we have you know food that it warrants you coming here seven days a week um yeah. but i think that people feel a lot better when they see that you know that money is going right back into the community yeah. um when in many cases it's affected somebody in a positive fashion that, that they know you know maybe that they got one of our scholarships maybe they got one of the meals that we handed out during covid you know, maybe that that was their cousin that we helped out doing a make a wish. Maybe you know we helped out their 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 friends uh, leukemia and lymphoma campaign. It's just who we are, and it's like when the when the golf tournament was over, we were on to you know next week's cornhole tournament. You know, which yeah. for charity, and it's just like we we enjoy them, um, and it's just what we do. It's uh, you know it's it's a little bit I guess of uh, once again the wrestling fan in me, and I just love having events, and I love it's like mm-hmm. all right, man, like. You know, the golf tournament is definitely our WrestleMania. It's our biggest event of the year. It's like, all right, man, we're on the payback. Let's go. You know, what are we doing next? You know, what's who's who's the main draw for this one? And who's the musical artist? And who's the charity? And, you know, who's the beer? And it it just keeps going on and it's fun. And when you love it and, you know, when you see how many people you're affecting, you just never get tired. Very cool. And you keep talking about how much, you know, because you've been a wrestling fan your whole life and now you get, you know, Jimmy's has become this, this, it has a wrestling reputation. Like it's not, it's not just uh, a seafood place. It is like you said, with all the podcasts, it's, it's basically a wrestling event center at this point. Are there any like wrestling dreams that have kind of the whole Jimmy's situation now has kind of helped you get made, make come true. Are there any kind of like big wrestling dreams that 
Jimmy's has, has kind of given you? Not yet, man. When I have kids, okay. you know, I'll probably have a different answer. <laughs> Hell uh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, and, and I think, I think Jimmy's has always kind of been a wrestling place. Um, I have mm-hmm. pictures from when I was a kid with Paul Lohendorf and Bam Bam Bigelow coming in here. I think a lot, we're pretty close to the arena here locally. Okay. And a lot of the guys, when they get finished working at 11 or at midnight, they're mm-hmm. stuck going to a Denny's or a McDonald's. I think that because our kitchen stays open a little later, they've always thought at home here and they knew they could get a good meal here. And, um, and hopefully, you know, they highlight it on their, their map when they're going from Philly to DC or, you know, whatever the case may be, because Maryland is, you know, pretty central location when they're making the rounds. Um, but now I don't have any dreams, man. I just, uh, I just, um, I really enjoy giving fans uh, a place to feel at home, man. And uh, not, not, and where they can be themselves. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, we know that as wrestling fans, we don't get that a lot, man. You got to put on the front a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be, be careful of being ridiculed. And you know, this is one place where you can let your hair down and be yourself and you can bring both of your belts, you know, bring, yeah, you know, well, that's, that that's what, that nobody else understands, you know, and but, bring your Funko pop and put it on the bar. That's and, why I want, know, order. yeah, but that's, that's why I was asking. Cause like, you, like at the end of the day, Jimmy's has made a lot of wrestling dreams come true for a lot of the, the staff. And so the fact that you're more invested in giving the customers that experience than you are getting, you know, any of it really for yourself. Like you said, you don't have the wrestling dreams. You're just trying to, it's on to the next thing. I think that that kind of speaks to what is bringing people's loyalty to you is the fact that it, there is this kind of selfless atmosphere, whether it be through the charity, whether it be through the way you treat wrestling fans. Like it, that is, that's, that is the hospitality business. I tell you what, like, damn, man, I gotta, I gotta raise a Red Bull to that. I'm gonna take uh, we, uh, we, we've had some amazing moments along the way, man. Um, yep. You know, the Miz filmed right along here, for example, which I would have yep. never imagined. Um, <laughs> we did a Make-A-Wish here at Jimmy's with Roman, where he really? uh, granted a kid's wish to go to WrestleMania. I mean, there's been some amazing moments here. Um, wow. But, you know, it's, I guess it's just my, my mindset is always looking yep. forward and not backward. I guess, you know, one day I get to look back on this with grandkids and I'll be like, man, that was a pretty cool ride. Yeah. Oh, that's, hey, that's, that's the name of the game, man. That's, that's the whole... That's the whole kit and caboodle right there. Now that, but, uh, that I, background, that background over there, I'm gonna take it back a little bit. That background that I see behind you is that is that the second floor? Is that the the park? Yeah, man, we remodeled it in? during COVID, uh, okay. so it looks different right now. So you have to come back. But uh, Tuesday is the only day that the second floor isn't open. We do our cleaning and stuff. So um, perfect time to film a podcast. And uh, yeah, man, uh, we got. Uh, a lot more screens, as you can see back there. Oh, damn, yeah. Yeah, they go all the way around the room. So, man, I'm telling you, when um, the, the, the most recent AEW pay-per-view was uh, Memorial Day Sunday, mm-hmm. it was wall-to-wall in here, and it was the, the sound system was brand new, and it was kicking for the first time, <laughs> and uh, people were going nuts, man. It was cool. Like, when Lila Rush came out, for example, place popped mm-hmm. real bad. It was nice. cool, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully they have you know, money in the bank. I don't know, but I think that as I mentioned earlier, WWE oversaturating their pay-per-views, uh, you know, it hurts them long-term, but we don't know what they, what's important to them. I think AEW only having four or five a year really plays into their strengths. I mean, same kind of thing as UFC. You know, UFC used to be every other month, six times a year. Now it's every other week. And, and, and look, it's very similar to WWE in the sense that it's because they have so many more fighters now. And there's so many more talented fighters that they can put on these cards, but 
once again, we don't know what's important to the UFC. They, they have the ESPN plus deal now. So is it content? Is it views on Twitter? Mm-hmm. And, and they're also – UFC, and I believe Endeavor specifically, is, is about to go – if they didn't already, they're about to go public. And so that's another case of they're, you know, they're moving on to, to focusing on the shareholders. They're moving on to being a, a bit bigger than just MMA. Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, they, they have sub-brands from UFC. They've got like Invicta. They've got a lot of different um, – They've got a lot of different stuff under their, that that UFC that Endeavor uh, umbrella, and it I, I I agree. I don't know what their where their focus is anymore, especially now they don't have Khabib, they they don't have Connor, they don't have a lot of the the real the stars that I think they had just in the past like five years. We'll I we'll see where it well, goes. There's, I, there's a new crop coming up, right? Yep. Of uh, but that's the one advantage that wrestling will always have over the UFC is that you can hand pick who's going to be a star in, in pro wrestling. Unfortunately in, in UFC, like we saw with Connor, man, you, your fall from grace can be swift. Well, and who's that? There's that one guy they're trying to make the new Connor. I think it was Sean O'Malley was his name. The guy he had like, yeah, the, the coat. yeah he's, he's yeah. good, but he, there's, they, there's I, a lot of potential. You know, UFC yeah. was definitely hurting for a while when John Jones was, uh, was out when Connor was yep. uh, doing boxing and when Ronda Rousey was in WWE they didn't have anybody for a long time, but there's, right. there's, there seems to be a new crop of potentially great guys. Mm-hmm. I have Francis Ngannou is great. Uh, you know, O'Malley is great. Uh, there's a lot of guys out there right now that, that are doing really well. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's more than being a great fighter, though. And as much as they'll never admit it, I think that they do have to copy a page or two out of the wrestling playbook and develop characters for these people. Yeah. 100%, man. It's, it's entertainment business. Yep. Whatever, However you look at it is entertainment. So, yeah, you can be a great fighter, but if you got the mouthpiece to run with it. Look at Muhammad Ali. He was a great fighter, but mm-hmm. that man, that those promos, man, is what sell people. You either love them or hate them, and you want to pay mm-hmm. to go watch him get his ass kicked, or you pay to go have him beat the other guy's ass. It's pure promo, yep. man. Entertainment. So, I'm... I think UFC with Connor, man. I, the reason why I gravitated him so much because he he just backed up everything he said. The shit mm-hmm. talk that he did, I loved it. I loved it. He was entertaining. Same and, here, and he, man. Just being an immigrant uh, and talking as much as he talked and, and showing so much pride for his country, mm-hmm. uh, I just instantly fell in love with that guy. You know, I traveled. I never traveled for UFC. I went to New York to watch the guy. Um, <laughs> it's just you know he 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 was the closest thing. He, he stole Ric Flair's gimmick, basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think you're I think you're spot on. Like there are eight in, and especially when you had because we talk about this a lot on the podcast. You can have a star, but unless you have someone that can really they can bounce off of, it's gonna be mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard to make them that star. I think Khabib was the perfect like. Just he was he was like he was he was like um um Ivan Drago. You know, he was just this cold assassin in the ring. And didn't it, Khabib kind of? Didn't they have a double turn though? A little bit. Well, but they they did sort of. But at the end of the day, Khabib was still very like. Even when he was happy, he was still like a, a, an angry happy. You know, like Connor would be throwing stuff at Khabib's bus and stuff like that. But it was all it was always Connor being the bombast, and Khabib mm-hmm. was like the ice cold, uh, uh, the ice cold killer. And yeah, I, I when, th- when Khabib when Khabib won the fight after his father passed, he he won me yeah. over for for life, man. Yeah. Oh, absolutely man. the whole arabic world was for him man because he <laughs> he like he but he was going a straight line and he mm-hmm. you know he said in this interview man he's representing his people and the children he can't yep. go off he can't fall off the line like that because he's 
everybody's looking up to him. And he wants to be a role mm-hmm. model, you know. But I understand where uh, where uh, uh, McGregor came from, because <laughs> it's just business. It's just business, you know. Yeah. And you know, from a business side of you, once again, um, you guys remember every holiday weekend, UFC would have a, a monster event. Fourth yep. of July used to be their 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 big one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can remember many, many, many Fourth uh, of July weekends when the only thing we had going on here was the UFC because it's a big carryout weekend. Um, and they're moving away from that. And AEW is moving more than that. So once again, man, like I don't know what's important to which companies. Maybe when you're a publicly traded company, uh, people in the stands don't matter. And mm-hmm. uh, AEW, they're clearly having success if they keep doing this, right? So yep. – uh, I, I'll say as a business owner, I think that it's a very smart move uh, to have your pay-per-views on a holiday weekend. Yeah. No, and it, and it, it, it it's more likely that you're going to have family around. Like it, it really does create that electricity. Like, cause it's, it, anything can happen. I mean, look at New Japan, you know, New yep. Year's, New Year's day. Um, yep. What are we all doing? We're all, you know, on our phones at two, three in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't figured out it, it works. Yep. No, even even the even the schedule that even in uh, Japan, like it's very stru- structured, like uh, Duntaku weekend. That is that was already a, a holiday. And then they just added wrestling Duntaku to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they really they understand to keep it at that 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 holiday weekend. And a lot of a lot of the Japanese promotions seem to do that because they know yeah. that it's such a there is so much work going on in Japan. It's such a go, go, go kind of community that it's those holiday weekends when you can trust people are going to be able to maybe sit down, relax, take a breath and watch a wrestling show. Weekends and holidays, the travel roads are slammed and every yep. like pit stop, it's packed, man. It's packed. People, are, you know, they, they're done with work. You know, they, yep. they want to get away, breathe, well, man. That was the territory thing. Like Starcade was Thanksgiving. The Great American Bash was July fourth. Like I, I honestly have no idea how wrestling was able to make Monday night live events a, a weekly thing. Like yes, the Monday night wars they had a lot of people watching, but I, I still to this day don't understand the rationale outside of the fact that buildings are cheaper during the week. But it, it's very much like a who decided that Monday night, Wednesday night, for these weekday nights are the wrestling nights. No, we want to watch on the weekend. We want to watch on, you know, holidays when we can actually, you know, take a breath and, and enjoy it and actually take it in. Especially when you uh, factor that 16, 17 weeks a year, they're going to compete with Monday night football, which is the, the demographic that wrestling wants, right? They want that male audience. Uh, yeah. That's a yep. great point. Uh, I don't know what the answer is, but, um, the ratings have, have certainly dwindled down over the years. I mean, who remembers when Monday Night Football asked Vince to step off of Monday nights? And, yep. you know, now, uh, gosh, I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> no, no. And it's and especially with now AEW is not going to have to deal with be, uh, baseball since they're heading to, to TBS for Dynamite like it. it I, I don't understand why WWE has made it so hard on themselves all these years, competing with Monday Night Football, competing with Monday Nights, just all of that just seems very, like SmackDown's on a Friday night. Friday night is not, it, it's almost a wrestling night. It feels like it, but I don't, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's, let's get off this because we were talking about the fact that we don't know who they're, they're looking at, but social media is one of the places that like a lot of wrestling fans, a lot of wrestling companies are looking for. They want those YouTube views. They want those, uh, those social media metrics, uh, popping off during the show it's like you said during raw wwe is firing off so many tweets that you you know what's going on like minute by minute and 
you know, Jimmy Seafood is no stranger to social media. You guys have your fingers on the pulse. You guys know how to stir the shit without, uh, yeah. And even then, you you stir the shit and you you make it. You you can start a fire and really make it into something. I mean, let's here. Let's let's just talk about it. You guys had a feud with PETA that I, I believe is still go. It's still going on to some extent. Um, that it. I mean, it really. You really got. You really got under the skin of the environmentalists. You really got under the skin of of uh, of Peter. What was what was a what inspired that feud, and how did how do you feel like it kind of came off? How do you feel it kind of went? Well, you know, I, I hate to sound like a little kid, but you know they started it. <laughs> um, yeah, they came. They came into our market uh, the week before our big seafood festival here in Baltimore, which. Uh, what are the crab suppliers of? And they put up a billboard uh, very close to our restaurant telling people not to eat crabs. Mm. And uh, they were fresh off a big win uh, against the animal cracker company. Mm. Um, and they got them to release that from the cages because that was making such a, a difference, right? Uh, so they were definitely fueling themselves. And they just didn't do their homework, man, because <laughs> we came out firing. And oh. they tried to come back at us. And um, we were ready. We had all our facts ready. You know, we did our homework um, and we, you know, we're showmen. So we, we shot back with billboards. You know, we mm-hmm. shot back with, you know, airplanes flying overhead. We did whatever it took uh, to get that dub. We, you know, we created a Peter Tears beer. Uh, you know, we had, a, we had to show our ruthless aggression. You know, mm-hmm. when your livelihood's being threatened, when your back's against the wall, man, you're coming out swinging and, uh, you know, we probably broke many, many, many uh, so-called rules of thumb when it comes to brand, social media. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, man, it made everybody that was already in our corner just stick to our corner even more. And, and this, it really uh, made us feel great about uh, the support that we have and the community backing that we have. And you know, that's probably the most extreme we've gotten with things from a brand perspective. Mm-hmm. And I talk to Tom about this all the time, man. You just have to, you know, study the landscape and see what's going on, um, mm-hmm. and just really see what, what people want. And you got to give it to them. Um, you know, if, if you're if your people want crab pretzels, you know, you come up with crab pretzels. If they're if they're in the mood for a summer drink, you give them a summer drink. If they want, you got to keep them engaged because yeah. we're on the one location. And mm-hmm. for us to be as prevalent as we are on social media, it's it's a daily sure um you know we have if you're following me from japan if you're following me from california you're never going to come here probably but i I have you have to i have to give you a reason to to feel like you should still follow us so you know we'll create videos for you uh you know we'll do q a's with you you know we'll send you a t-shirt out of the blue just you know to show you that we appreciate you and it's not about money man it's about that loyalty that we talk about so if your cousin decides to come to Maryland for some reason and they're like, man, where should I go? Like, man, there's a place to follow on Twitter, Jimmy's. Like, you got to stop by there. And yeah. it's happened. It happens daily, man. It happens daily. And it's, 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 a, it's, you know, in a lot of ways, I wish that I grew up in the seventies or eighties when my dad was running the show, but uh, yeah, just like Tom with his father, it's, it's a different company now. It's a different mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And that's one advantage that I have that my father didn't have. It's one advantage that Tom has that his father didn't have. And that's social media and the ability to connect mm-hmm. with hundreds and millions of people in seconds. You know, his father would have to go to an arena to connect with those people. Tom mm-hmm. can just fire off a tweet, can be on Twitch right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, while some things were better back then, some things are better now, too. And it's all about evolving, you know, as, as a brand and, and as a family. Mm-hmm. 
I like that. I like that yeah, a lot because it. Because, like I said, you, you said that when you were in the the, the PETA dispute, like you broke a lot of the, as you put it, a lot of the rules of a brand uh, on social media. But it almost feels like one of those situations, and this happens a lot. Atomic can speak to this. This happens a lot in wrestling, where just rules are made to be broken. Like there is always like this certain way things are supposed to be done, whether it be brands on social media, whether it be wrestling groups, whether it be whatever. Like you have to you have to break some of those rules sometimes to actually make the game more accessible to, to the people that are, are going to be taking it. I'm like a, you said, in that futuristic direction, I'm a habitual yeah, I mean, rule breaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's true because look, you know, and it's a perfect example, right? So if I drop an F bomb on, on a yep. corporate page, yep. some people are going to say, you know what? I'm never going there. And my response to them would be like, you were coming here anyways. I don't give a shit. Leave. Yep. And you know, when somebody gets mad at the bucks, or Kenny for doing something, and they're like, "I'm never going to watch AW." Chances were, man, like they weren't going to watch it anyway. So, mm-hmm. who cares? See you later. And you're right; rules were meant to be broken, and you don't have to agree with everything they do. But at the end of the day, they got people talking, and they've gotten them to the point they are now, man, which was unfathomable mm-hmm. five years ago. What's that? Saying? that- the, 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 the usual rule breakers are the one that set the rules, the new rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's de- it's definitely something like that. Cause it, and it also it speaks to the kind of brand that you guys have. Because like, yes, if someone doesn't like the fact that you guys curse on social media, they're not going to, you know, if they show up on a night when talking shop is upstairs, like they're going to hear some stuff from whether it's yeah. from the fans, whether it's from the wrestlers like they're It's a it's not, it, as much as WWE has, I think, done a good job of making wrestling a, a PG product and making WWE a PG product. It's not always a PG world, and I think it, Jimmy's kind of reflects that sometimes, where it's it's about it's about the the kind of the way wrestling fans talk as opposed to the way that yeah. corporate people talk. I, I think at the end of the day, man, we we work hard, mm-hmm. we work really yeah. hard, and yeah. you know we'll we'll be damned if you're going to try and put us down. Well, we all 150 of us are here, 160 of us, 150 <laughs> employees, and we're you know we're busting our ass six seven days a week. Mm-hmm. to put together you know this product and if you're going to come along with your nose in the air and try and put us down i don't care if you're down the street with 500 bucks in your pocket or if you're in hawaii and you never had plans to come here we're gonna let you have it yep yeah I, I think that was that was like the same way as wrestling fans uh, at the beginning of this whole social media thing everybody's every wrestler was trying to watch how they were uh proceeding with this whole social media because like the corporate WWE, right? They're PG. You can't say this, can't say that. So everybody thought that wrestlers, you know, were going to be this. And with fans firing off at me, I'm like, nah, I, I can't just stand here and just take this shit. And then, so I go off. And luckily, thank goodness, New Japan just lets me do whatever I want. And uh, but I've had I've had a couple guys be like, <laughs> you know, it, you know, what happens with like when you go to WWE and 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 they dig up your past like they do to some you know some people and i'm like i guess we'll just deal with that when that when that happens you know but right now i'm standing my ground like i got well, i saw braun braun shot off like two weeks after he was like yo some fan came at him and, and it's gotta it's gotta be a, a very relieving feeling man when you can go right back at the people because <laughs> i don't think it should be the norm by any means but i think at some you know every now and then you got to check them and you gotta yeah. make an example of some people like let them know that this won't be tolerated yeah, absolutely. 100%, man. Absolutely. 100%. Um, yeah, and, and wrestling fans, have, uh, to be fair, wrestling fans are one of, like, the early adopters of social media. Like, I remember mm-hmm. the days of, like, 
2009 when Twitter was literally just Ashton Kutcher and wrestling fans. Like those were the only, and I think Shaquille, <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal was on there. That was all Twitter was. It was mostly people watching Monday Night Raw for some reason. Uh, it was a very, and, and, you know, I think that's, you, you're almost seeing a new level of reality being created by wrestlers and by, by wrestling promotions on social media. It's a, it's the way of the future to quote Howard Hughes. Um, but yeah, this, so we're, we're kind of coming to the end of the hour here, John, is there any like big things coming up at Jimmy's over the next like month? You want to maybe, you want to maybe plug to some people, let them know what's going down. I mean, wrestling related, uh, obviously we're going to be showing money in the bank. If there is a crossover there and there is, uh, we're going to be showing the Conor McGregor fight next week, of course, SummerSlam next month and then all out in September. So, I mean, we got plenty coming up. We do wrestling trivia about once every two months. Um, but, you know, we're kind of in that that dead zone right now before SummerSlam. And it's even weirder than usual right now because we're all, we don't know what to expect when the fans come back. Is WWE going to crank things up? Are they going to rehire people? Uh, it's really weird, man. Um, so I think right now, as a wrestling fan base in general, I think we're all sitting back and um, waiting for that uh, other shoe to drop, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that the WWE and the AEW – uh, both plan on being here in Baltimore um, in September, October, November. They've, they've held some dates at the arena here. Yep. And uh, when those are announced, uh, we'll definitely create events around them, probably with Conrad and the guys. So, you know, we're always saying that and we're, we're going that extra mile for the wrestling fans. And, uh, you know, I'd be remiss, actually, if I didn't mention uh, Ring of Honor will be here. Uh, yep. The best in the world, the day of the Conor fight. So, you know, if any wrestling fans are coming here uh, to watch that, and you need a place to watch the fight, uh, you know, feel free to stop by here and watch Connor fight. Hell yeah. Uh, that's, and it, you do bring up a good point. WWE, AEW, they're going to be touring neck and neck over the next uh, few. It's not just, you know, they're going to be in one town. They're not going to be across the country. They're literally like running the same highway for the next few months. It's going to be very interesting. Tama, where can everyone uh, find you on social media? Yo, you can find me on Twitter. Tama underscore Tonga, or you can find me on uh, Instagram, the good bad guy, Tama Tonga. Also, you can come in and join us at patreon.com backslash Thomas Island. You can join in on happy hours. We talk all kinds of mess in there. You guys join us live also on uh, on YouTube or, or here on Twitch. We got the chat. want to thank everybody at the chat for, uh, yeah. for joining us here and, and being a part of this. And, uh, yeah, how about you, Ross? Yeah, I'm, I'm at Ross W. Berman IV on Twitter, at Ross Berman IV on, uh, on Instagram. Uh, once again, thanks to everyone at Manscaped, ExpressVPN, uh, the, all the folks over at To Be The Man Comics, everyone that kind of helps us pay the bills. And again, to those, those subscribers over at the Islander tier. And thank you to you, John, for coming on and, and giving us a really interesting uh, perspective on the wrestling business. Because I think especially the way you, you talk about engagement and fan engagement, that is something every promotion like needs to listen to right now. That's, that's the whole 100%. game. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor, man. Thank you very much. John, thank you. Uh, what, John, where, where can we find you on social? If you want to put it out, we usually give everybody a, a option. <laughs> I know you got your own personal uh, 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 handle and you also got the, the corporate, your, your business handle. So it's up to you how you want to approach this. Yeah, I keep my personal unit to myself. It's pretty boring, too. It's just my family. Uh, you're going to have people hunting him down on social media now, Tom. Yeah. What have you done? You've opened the floodgates. But uh, the Jimmy's page, of course, is uh, Jimmy's Seafood with a double S on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook. Jimmy's famous seafood, and uh, we're entering the TikTok game here. I hired somebody for that, so she's doing a pretty good job. I think it's Jimmy's seafood once again on the double S. 
Hell awesome, yeah, man. Thank you very much, John. And, you know, before we go, I, I saw this uh, earlier today and uh, when I was looking at you guys, uh, uh, Jimmy's uh, handle here on Instagram. But John here, one of the, uh, the, the best industry hero on Baltimore Magazine Reader's Poll, man. And I think that's that's top notch for, for everything you've done for your community, dude. Awesome, man. That's great. I just want everybody to know that. And uh, hopefully... I know you've been getting every all the wrestling uh, podcasts over there. I want to dip in. You know, I know we've done together on the on the uh, Bullet Club Block Party. I want to do it bigger over mm. there at, at, in Baltimore, man. Here, hopefully, yeah, I really got to bring that Block Party back, man. Yo, one hundred percent. It's Steve on the line. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, John. Thank you again for joining us, Ross. Thank you, you guys, everyone out there in the chat. Thank you very much. You guys have a good week, safe one, and we'll talk to you guys next week, man. Thank you for listening to this week's Thomas Island. Find more great Thomas Island content like the Shotgun Series, weekly happy hour Zoom calls with Tama, video versions of the podcast, and much, much more at patreon.com forward slash Thomas Island and visit at Thomas Island on Instagram and Twitter.